Hello and welcome to The Moore Show. I'm your host, Kevin Moore, and for the next hour, I'll cover subjects of an alternative variety that most shows do not touch. On today's show, I'll be joined with two of Britain's most famous mediums, Derek Okora and Sally Morgan. Now, Derek is a British medium best known for his work on Most Haunted, which was broadcast on Living TV. He currently presents the series Derek Okora on Sky Real Lives. Derek continues to be a popular figure in live tours and television work. He has achieved international success with his television, radio and personal appearances across the United Kingdom, Europe, the Middle East, New Zealand and the USA. Derek, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's nice to be speaking to you. And how's things going? Everything's fine, thank you. I've, as I say, I've just come back from Australia, New Zealand. I did a tour uh, all the way down uh, the other side of the world, and it was fantastic. The people were so, so buoyant, up for it. Um, it was just an amazing experience. Now, Derek, where did your spiritual gift start for you? Well, it started, um, again, at very, very, uh, very early age. I was six. I wasn't quite seven. And um, it actually happened of the experience of uh, being confronted by a spirit man in my grandmother's house. He appeared. I could see him very tangibly. In actual fact, I was rather frightened because not that I was uh, confronted by a spirit man or in those days I probably would have called a ghost um, because he was so tangible. I was scared because there was a strange man that I could see in my grand's house. And what was he doing there? And we found out it was my grandfather who passed away two and a quarter years before I was actually born. He was a seafarer, and he was away at sea, and he worked in the engine rooms of the old ships. And uh, the, uh, the, the ships used to be stoked by coal and, and what have you for fuel, and uh, he had what they call a blowback from one of these big, um, so-to-speak ovens, if you like, and um, damaged the lower part of his body. He was immediately uh, taken to the sick bay of the ship, but he was in the middle of the Indian Ocean before the captain could get the ship to a shore-based hospital. Septicemia set into his wounds, and he died on board the ship. This was the, the beginning of your, your sort of gift that you knew you had? Yes. Um, well, my grandmother recognised it right away, um, and immediately then I was under air wing because my grandmother was a medium also, and it goes back in my family uh, and can be recorded way back um, to the 17th century. Um, the ironical, funny thing is what my grand said to me when I was a little bit older, I'd broken the mould. And I said, what do you mean, grand? She said, well, you're the first male in the history of the family to have the gifts of always being the ladies. Right, OK. But that must have been great to have that kind of support around you, though. Oh, it was. I mean, when I think back, how important that was for me to have a person, a learned person, knowing what I was going to experience from there on in. And she was always a great, great love and comfort if I, you know, experienced things, which I did, I would immediately tell her about it and she'd explain away to me. Everything was natural, everything was normal. Um, and then in those days, the funny thing is, I didn't want to be a medium and follow my grand's footsteps. All I wanted to be was a football player. That's right. That was my um, boyhood dream, um, which I did to a degree fulfil because uh, later on in the years, in my uh, teenage years and whatever, I was picked up by... Um, uh, there was a number of uh, clubs uh, were sending scouts along to watch me play, and I eventually signed for Liverpool Football Club as an apprentice pro, and then full-time pro at 17. Unfortunately, I couldn't get into the first team. I tried as hard as I could, as far as I could get into the reserves, and I went to a number of clubs, ending my footballing days in Australia, would you believe it, playing for uh, a South Australian first division side. Um, but whilst playing there, after my third season, I got a, a knee injury, which responded immediately to treatment. But I came back in the second season, and I damaged it again. And this time it didn't respond. And a number of operations later, I was advised uh, by the club specialist and surgeon that my footballing days were over. OK, so basically at the age of 30 then, you then... No, I wasn't. I was still only 26. Ah. I, I, I was relatively young finishing in the game, 26, and I thought, gosh, what do I do? And then I started to have these amazing, vivid psychic dreams where my gran, 
and a number of spirit people were coming to me saying, it's time now to do what you really meant to do, and advised me to come back to England, which I did. Um, and I, within a very short space of time, I joined a spiritualist church in development and then uh, offered my services uh, after one ad in a local paper for me to go out to people's homes to do readings for them. And that's, it never stopped after that. So did you see yourself with so much media exposure then? Never in my wildest dreams did I ever think, because I never pushed for anything. All I did for a number of years is I was quite happy to do my uh, private readings from a, an office over 20-odd years in Liverpool, saw hundreds of thousands of people, I suppose, in that time. I'm very content. It was the media that, you know, made contact with me and asked me to go along and uh, do uh, a number of spots on radio. At one point in time, I was doing uh, readings on five different radio stations in the time. Red Rose in Lancashire, uh, Radio Merseyside, Radio City, um, and a number of others. And, and then television invited me along. A producer got in touch and said they would like me to come along and do this live show. And that's how it all started. Um, I didn't seek it. I certainly didn't look for it. It just happened. Right, okay, now, but I suppose what launched you on the global media was uh, was Most Haunted. I mean, that went on for, uh, what, six series and many, many, many Most Haunted Live as well. Yes, what... I did all, all of those. And it did, I suppose it did, because the people would see me, you know, in, in that program, in the lounges of the home, people who'd never seen anything like this before, and it did. It, it, it seemed to put my uh, name up there in, in, in the forefront or profile. Um, and I suppose... Uh, from there, you know, after that, I went on to Ghost Towns, Serica Cora's Ghost Towns, and a number of other shows, and Paranormal Egypt, and then from there, Sky TV uh, gave me my own show where I did a, a two series to date. Um, and, you know, everything's been, um, let's say, I've been very fortunate. People have asked me, would I like to do, or would I like to do this, would I like to do that? And, you know, every time I've been asked, uh, naturally, you know, I've thought, yes, I would like to do this because it broadens um, what, what I'm trying to set out to do and what I've tried to do over the years, like any other medium, is to try to give uh, people the opportunity to see uh, what is going on, apart from just general, uh, you know, physical life. Sure. I mean, um, I mean, you must have written more. Well, you've written over ten books now, is it? Ten books. Twelve now. Twelve books now, and, yeah, and another one to come soon. Fantastic, and a lot, a lot of them are bestsellers. I mean, your first book, The Psychic World of Derek Cora. Yes. You catalogued uh, your early experiences with the spirit and your guide Sam. Now, what purpose does Sam serve for you? Sam, oh, such an important uh, purpose because without Sam, um, I, I very humbly, old man's up and say, without Sam. Um, I wouldn't be uh, the medium I am. Um, he, I'm the mouthpiece, so to speak, in the physical life, where he helps me uh, in the communication side of things. He helps me greatly in the investigative side of things that I do in programs. Um, and he's such a... We're, we're a 50-50 team. There's no two ways about it. And sometimes when I hear uh, people within our work uh, make statements that they don't need their guides, and what I, I, I normally go, whoa... Wow, and, I, and you know, I don't know. You can do your work without your guide, and not giving your guide the the um, uh, the uh, the right um, essence of what they actually do for yeah. us mediums. Yeah, I mean, what, what does it mean then um, when you when you say that you're a spiritual individual? To you, what's that mean? I'm a spiritual medium, a spiritual individual. I, well, you know, I like to think that the way I conduct my life. In, is more in a spiritual way rather than a religious way, because religion and spiritual are poles apart. Uh, I believe in uh, fairness to people, live and let live. I believe that every person has a story to tell, and we should always be in open ear. I believe that we should never turn our back on someone who's wanting or needing. I believe that um, greatly that the universe pays us back and repays us back in our actions, first by our thoughts that lead to actions, and that is, if you can do a kindred thing for another, a brother or sister, meaning people of the world, 
you will always get, whilst you're living in the physical life, you'll always get payment back as, uh, in the right way in order to make your life feel as if it's worth living. In other words, you know that old saying, do to others as you would want done to yourself. Whew, um, that to me is spiritual, and that's the word. I live my life and the way my family um, see me, uh, how they live their lives, and I feel by doing that, I gain more out of life and my family gain more out of physical life than if we were closed and we, we didn't care about other things or other people or other than ourselves because then that to me is non-spiritual and, you know, you're quite a closed uh, individual that will never really receive anything um, of uh, great nature to enhance your life. Give and you'll receive tenfold back in a different way but, you know, to illuminate your life, to make you realize how important your life is, uh, what your, your stage in life is, no matter what you do, how important a cog are you in the great clock of things. Um, that's the way um, I look at uh, spiritism and a, a spiritual way of thinking. And um, what's the difference then between, obviously you're a medium, you class yourself as a medium, uh, what's the difference then between the medium, the psychic or the clairvoyant? Well, you know, it's amazing because here we have um, something here that you say, right, a medium, a spiritual medium uh, will profess to connect with the world of spirit and go into uh, dialogue with the world of spirit. Whereas a person who's a psychic uh, will not necessarily um, say that he or she can connect with the world of spirit. Um, it is in being sensitive to other people's vibrations and picking up without spiritual intervention, picking up um, essences and energy of that person. In other words, seeing things that have happened around the person, seeing maybe a, a few things to the future, uh, a little bit like some people get called fortune-telling, is what psychic work, to a degree, can be uh, deemed on, but it's not. Um, but most mediums, most mediums are psychic anyway. They've got that ability within them. Um, not all psychics can be mediums. Uh, mediumship, clairvoyance and clairaudience, that means clear seeing, spirit people, clear hearing, mean hearing, spirit voice, um, that is poles apart from being um, just a, a, a psychic. But most mediums, as I say, use the psychic um, element of the gifts uh, within their mediumship, because when I do uh, tours and I do theatre shows and what have you, I, it won't be just spirit communication, I'll talk about what I'm uh, seeing for the person in their general life, if changes are coming in, if I see people that have uh, meant something to a person, um, and, you know, just a whole mixture of um, physical things. If you see a person pregnant and you see the, the sex of the child well before the conception and things like that, it's all psychic work. Okay. What about the listeners who have never had any personal paranormal or spiritual um, um, experience? Yes. Uh, if, and if they have, they've never recognized it. Yes. Now, they can't get their mind around the idea that there's a good chance that life continues when the body stops. So yes. I suppose they think this subject's cruel to give people a false idea that their loved ones have carried on. Well, um, that, is some, that is some opinions of, of some, yes. Um, the thing I say to an answer to that is very, very sensitively, if the, the person who thinks that way, and they're allowed to think that way because they've got their free will, I would only suggest or advise or maybe direct and say, you know, maybe just once, put yourself in a position where you actually experience, um, i.e. a personal reading, i.e. go to one of these evenings, whoever the medium is, and see for the first time, and then to come away and evaluate and only from that standpoint, after they've experienced it, not through an ignorant, not knowing ignorant um, standpoint, but because they've never ever said, right, I'm going to inquire about this, I'm going to go and see. And by, when that person makes that first step, uh, all I can say is that the vast majority are not disappointed and they, their eyes are opened, their mind is then wanting to go on that search for, to find out more. And once they've got to that point, well, there's an illumination that can take place within their lives, uh, an extra way of thinking. And that is, to me, is the true way 
don't go off hearsay what negative mind says or cynical mind says um, about the subject because invariably that same person who's been that way has never gone and tried an experience. They're saying it from an ignorant standpoint. And I suppose people are less sceptical now anyway. Um, oh, I, yes. mean, I mean, more men are coming to see you, surely. Absolutely. From when I think back all these years, um, you know, a, a third of an audience, maybe more these days, maybe more. I've been to some where half the audience have been men. Whereas that wasn't the case 25 years ago. You'd be lucky if you saw, I don't know, in an audience, 12, 13 people. Oh, it's as each year is going, more men are becoming interested, more men that have never uh, would have scoffed at the idea and what have you. And especially when they come to and place themselves in that position to experience, and they experience it, my gosh, that's worth its weight in gold in truth because they'll go away and tell the like-minded friends what they have experienced. And if you get a cynical mind, as I see it, it's only my opinion, um, or a sceptical mind who's making statements about our subjective work uh, from a standoff point, then suddenly to go and experience, they are worth their weight in platinum, never mind gold, because they'll go and tell their friends. And when their friends say, oh, don't be stupid, or, hey, that's silly, or, come on, that person will stand up and say, look, you know me, you know my thoughts, I'm just like you. Go along and experience it, and then make a statement, then make a judgment. And this is exactly what's happening with men folk these days. Do you find that people are becoming more aware nowadays of this subject due, due to some sort of yes. m- mass event taking place, or some sort yes, of ma- mass consciousness? Yeah. There's been a major shift, and I'd say that major shift took place about maybe eight, nine, maybe ten years ago. And it's, it's still developing. It's where people's minds are being lifted. There's a, a higher consciousness allowed to all to go and explore and seek and see what you've never seeked and saw before, to enhance your way of thinking, to enhance the possibility, if not the probability, that there is an afterlife. Come on, the time is right. It's the new age. You, you are new age children, so to speak, no matter what age you've got to at this time, even if, like my age. Um, so everyone has been given that opportunity. And it's happening globally, globally, all over the world, which is a wonderful thing to me because the more knowledge <clears throat> and acceptance of this ism, uh, the greater, as I see it, it's my opinion. Um, a person deals with their lives, their physical lives, how long they've got left. Also, knowing that the loved ones that have gone before them, they haven't lost forever at all. It's just a, a travelling on to a new, it's a journey, a travelling on to a new way of life, the spirit world. And, you know, with the assurance that they will join their mums and dads and grandparents as one day. And to have that feeling what that reunion is going to be like they couldn't even imagine or comprehend and this is why i work for spirit this is why mediums like myself go out tirelessly and do it this is what because our belief our passion our compassion everything that makes us the drive force to go on is because we know loved ones don't want their loved ones back here to think that they've perished that they've gone forever that they're nothing now they are living consciousness, but just on a different plane of life and different dimensions. And that's the heavenly state. And um, if there's listeners hearing this, that their life's gone in a sort of wrong direction and they've um, you yes. know, perhaps done things they shouldn't have done, um, yes. you can change your life at any time, can't you? Of course you can. And I would like those listeners, if they feel that that's happened in their life, to know this, that in judgment, there is no judgment. I know that. Uh, no matter what deeds that we, we do, that we feel as if we've fallen down on. There's always a turnaround. There's always a way. There's always those angelic beings. If we call out, we don't have to think it. Please help me. Please redirect me. Please. That's all it requires. And there's angelic beings. They come into our atmosphere, our ether, and they do lift us and redirect us. That is most available. And um, there's no one that... Um, okay, we know the evil souls that have lived and prayed in physical life and the history of man. We know that when they pass, that they are 
their retribution is to be housed and live in a part of the world of spirit, the lowest regions, and it's not a nice place until they cry out or call out to say they're sorry. And even those eventually will progress from those lower regions to the higher regions in the world of spirit to get closer to the Godhead or to God, if you like. Um, but where uh, general life is concerned, where a person says, you know what, I did something wrong there that was terrible. I didn't really intend it, but it just happened that way. Or I was led into it, you know, I'm a person who's quite weak. I've, you know, been led into something which really is against my wish, but, you know, I've now befall um, the, the consequence um, of it, people who get themselves into trouble with the uh, officialdom laws and what have you, a lot of these things happen uh, by default. Maybe they didn't set out to do. All these sorts of aspects of general life and living is looked upon from the world of spirits as experience. And if we want to learn from that experience, it, that doorway will be open for us to uh, refine our lives, to become really, really happy good citizens living a life that, you know, can be fruitful and, and also fruitful for others, whoever we touch upon. Yeah, because I guess the more the more you experience, the more you grow spiritually. So, so I suppose sometimes the more painful experiences are sometimes the quicker growth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Only from pain and those experiences do you have your rapid growth. People who go who seemingly go through, you heard statements, of, oh, that man across the road or that woman, everything goes right for that them people they never have any fall downs and look at us we've got no money i've lost my job it's all unfair but you know what the first i'll say it this way the persons who are that suffering if they could take on board that from that suffering at a later date they will soar forward and maybe maybe look back and see those people who they were envious of and what have you who have not moved on from the level, whereas these people have risen to such a height that um, they'll realise the mechanisms of why we're here in this life. And they can never go back down again, neither, once you reach no, a certain level. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay, well, what, I suppose that leads me to my sort of few final questions, but one of them is, um, then in your opinion, what's life all about? Is it about experiencing emotions, or, or is there much more to it than that? There's much more to it. Uh, it's to, um, life is all about experiencing um, conditions that we can only experience in a physical life for our soul growth. In other words, our spirit, our soul, for us to um, eventually, eventually, to sit at the right-hand side of our Creator. Now, that doesn't come easy. And we've got to learn through many lifetimes, coming back, coming back, different types of experiences, a lot emotional, a, lot of, a mixture of everything, um, if I to categorize as saying, you know, good health, poor health, great riches, very poorness, um, uh, upsets in, 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 in uh, emotional side of your life. All these things, everyone eventually, any person that ever incarnates to this earth and keeps coming back is going to go through the same thing as others, but maybe at different times. And again, you just mentioned that word there, keeps coming back. So I suppose you do believe in reincarnation. Oh, absolutely. I know of its thoroughness and its truth, and it's, it is a reality, yes. Yeah, and ma many lives, many masters. Yes. Okay, so uh, one sort of final question. What's your views on um, sort of uh, the esoterical stuff like ufology? Do you believe that we've, uh, our planet's been visited, and have you ever met anyone that sort of, that's come through in a reading? Well, let me tell you, yes, I do. Um, I do believe... I do. I've had my own personal proof that there are um, extraterrestrials and, and people that have visited this planet and other planets. I do believe that um, we have been watched by these beings, um, who a lot of them are very, very far advanced to us. Um, but also from a on the emotional side of human life, where we've been studied to see how much progress we've made. And whilst um, they are happy with the progressions, they leave us alone. I also feel that we should, within probably the next 20 years, and only 20 years, have far greater proof of not only their arrivals, but also of what their intent has been. 
Okay. Now, Derek, how can people catch you at the uh, the theatre tours that you're doing? If they want to uh, check out the the, um, the uh, areas and the places um, on my uh, website, derekakora.org, um, or on the Derek Akora's official um, uh, fan club site, which I know it does sound a bit, you know, but the, I have a fan club, and they've got all the dates of all the places um, that I'm going to visit uh, on this, on you know, uh, oncoming tour. And your website is? DerekAkora.org. Okay. And just one quick question. Any more plans to bring out any more TV shows, books, CDs, DVDs soon? Well, actually, I'm, um, I'm in talks now with a, a television network, um, and it seems to be getting quite close to uh, an agreed um, thing that I should be doing um, close to uh, Christmas time over in, in America. Um, I'm writing the next book. I'm about to, only a quarter of the way through because I've been so busy. Um, and I'm also in talks with a British television network um, and hopefully that uh, something uh, that's been a treatment has been looked at and favourably looked at and I'm hoping that maybe that programme will be commissioned as well. Well, look, all I can say, Derek, it's been an absolute honour to have you on the show and I look forward to getting you back on. Thank you so much. You've been fantastic. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. To find out more on Derek's tour dates, go to derekakora.org or visit my site, themoreshow.co.uk and search Derek Akora and a past guest and you'll see his uh, tour dates there for this year. Well, now on the show, I'd like to introduce a very famous and special lady, Sally Morgan. Now, Sally was born and raised in Fulham, southwest London, and is married and has three daughters. Sally has given readings to many of the UK celebrities and can be seen on the ITV2 programme, Sally Morgan, Star Psychic, as well as the Living TV programme, Psychic Sally on the Road. Sally, welcome to the show. Hello, Kevin. Thank you very much for inviting me on. Well, it's an absolute honour to have you on it with such a sort of renowned TV psychic as yourself. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, uh, Sally, where did your mediumistic gifts sort of start from? Well, I suppose, um, you know, the, the, the work that I do, I, I, it, um, it, it isn't something that, that you learn. You certainly develop it. It's like any, anything, I thought, any skill that you, you know, the more you do it, the better you, you become at it. And I've always had this ability to be able to know things about people. That's what my mother used to call it, my knowings, when I was a little girl. So to answer your question, um, it, it's just been there all my life. Just like you may have someone that can, you know, play the piano from a very early age and go on then to, you know, be a concert pianist. This is basically what I do. I've always been a medium. But, of course, when you're a child, um, you don't turn around and say that a child is a medium. But there, there you go. Sure, sure. So, um, I mean, was this gift in your family at all? Was there any other sort of family members? That had... No, but uh, my grandmother, who I never really knew, she she... She died when I was about three or four. Um, she she was known. I mean, we're talking about the 40s and the 50s here where things were very different. And you used to all know she's the witch. She sort of, she did know. She used to say things to people now and again. And um, But, I mean, she was only 41 when she died. So had she lived longer, maybe she would have gone on to be a medium. Uh, had it, you know, uh, been acceptable in those days. Because it was... You know, mediums you only found in spiritualist churches uh, in, the, in you know, when I was a little girl in the 50s. Yeah. And um, it's so much more acceptable nowadays. I mean, I'm not saying that, that everyone um, agrees with mediums or that, you know, the work that I do, I'm very aware that it offends a lot of people. Um, it can do, but I, you know, what can I do about that? We've all got freedom of speech, you know our own points of view. That's it, and you've, you've got to do the one thing that attracts you to do, whatever it is, as long, as long as it's not sort of hurting no one else. Well, the thing is, with with my work, you know, I'm of an age now, I'm, I'm 60 now, and it's, it, you know, I feel that I can um, really say what I feel about my work, and at the end of the day, I, I've never, ever advertised. Yes, I get press nowadays, and because I do a tour and I've got a TV show, but, um, you know... People come to me, and and it, it it's like you you can't really sort of, um, you know I've never advertised and sort of tried to get people to come and visit me. It's always been word of mouth. 
So before you started your sort of professional psychic career, um, would you give readings to friends and family? No, no, I've never given readings to friends and family. Because what's the point? You know them. And um, at the end of the day, even though they may not say at the time, they go away and they say, well, she knew that anyway. So there's no point in it. There's no point in that. So your uh, original sort of um, uh, working background was as a, as a nurse, was it? I was. I, I, when, when I left school, I, did, I became what they call a DSA, a dental surgery assistant. I was a dental nurse. Then I did my general training um, and then I did, I did nursing, yeah. And then I went back to dental nursing. You know, I had three children, and um, I've always, like, I would say 99.9% of um, people today, you work, both of you work. You, years ago, you'd say you were subsidising the income, but nowadays, um, you know, it, it, I think it's slightly reversed, if anything, yeah. which I think is brilliant. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So how did you go from a, a nurse to a medium, a full-time medium? Yeah, but by... Total, total accident. I mean, it was just, you know, well, I, it was fate, really, isn't it? I um, just basically, my daughter was very sick. She had um, a condition called disseminated osteomyelitis, which basically she got an infection in her bone marrow and it went to several areas of her body. So she was basically ill for 18 months. Very, we nearly lost her, and um, I had to nurse her. She couldn't walk for a long time, and then she was in a wheelchair, and then she used crutches, and you know there was a, there was a lot of nursing her. So I I couldn't work anymore, and basically, um, people that would just pop in w- when they'd lost a loved one or when they'd heard about me, they would sort of randomly knock at the door. I was able to. Um, say, well, you can come down Wednesday if you like. And, and I, I didn't realise at the time. I mean, I came from a family where, you know, you you didn't have a diary. I mean, it's very difficult to try and understand this nowadays because everyone has a diary. We've got our computers and, you know, our laptops yeah. and things. But in the, in the 50s and 60s, you know, you never had a diary. I mean, my mum had a little... T- they were tiny little diaries. They were about, I don't know, tiny little things you put in your handbag. And I all of a sudden found myself getting a diary off the milkman. He was selling these diaries and um, diary of an Edwardian lady things and uh, uh, started making appointments just so that I knew when people were arriving because I wasn't charging. And um, that's it literally grew from that. I mean, it was bizarre. Yeah, so um, so what's your link to the spirit world then? I mean, is it obviously is it through a, a, a guide or something? No, use? no. Okay. That I don't believe it is. I mean, there might be people that say no. that... You know, we've all got our our opinions, but I'm 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 quite determined and always have been that I will not fall into this groove of what I call churchified vocabulary. Um, I mean, I believe in God. Let's just get that straight. I've got my own personal faith system, and I believe in a God, my God, and I believe and I like to feel that that um, you know I'm compassionate and I have empathy. And I was brought up as a, 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 a as a Christian. I was brought up in the Church of England. I went to a high Church of England school, so you know it was very sort of focused on religion, you could say. Which is, I'm not saying that was a bad thing, but um, no, basically, uh, I don't I don't use churchified vocab language. I um, I've never seen an aura. I don't know what an aura is. Um, I don't have a personal guide that I talk to that that then opens what people say doors to spirit world. It's not like that at all. I basically look at a person, uh, get a sense of a feel of the person. It's a feel. It's a thought process. It's like thoughts drop into my head, and then I literally say whatever I'm thinking in my head. Okay. I mean, if if you want to look at it in a basic, yeah almost scientific way because you know i'm quite passionate as you can probably hear in my voice i'm quite passionate about one day hopefully discovering that there is a sci- also a scientific answer to my work there's no doubt that uh there's a part of our brain that an energy uh, an energy form can access and it you know then it's sort of like sparks off in all to all the different neurons in your brain and all of a sudden you've got this thought and it's 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 like I link into people that have passed their memories because when when we have this soul you see that lives on after our body is decayed and dead and gone and it's almost as if uh 
something in my brain can access that energy, that stream of energy. So sort of accessing that soul memory in a sense. Yes, that you know, I'm 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 explaining it now in the sign in what what I would call it in a very pathetic way. I have to say, I'm very aware of that, a scientific way. But I think also, you see, this is where there's this goes against the scientific, you could almost say, um, outlook. I do think this part of our brain is able to also hold on to a spiritual side. Now, if you speak to scientists, they don't want to know anything about spirit about a spiritual side. And you know, if you, if you speak really to people that are talking about spiritual things, they they realise that you know they don't want to have this scientifically explained. Well, I do, because I think that this part of our brain, um, it can only work if you've got the you could say the anatomy of it, which you could look at as the, as the scientific side, and you've got the spiritual side. Well, I mean, I've interviewed a lot of mediums and, and psychics, and, uh, you know, uh, they, they either communicate, they seem to communicate through two ways, and, and I know you don't want to use the sort of the, the, the sort of jargon, as you call it, which is fair enough. Um, no, but you see, uh, we have to, uh, but, uh, don't mean to interrupt you, Kevin, we sure. have to use, we have to use um, words, don't we, so that we can understand one another, well, yeah, and there right. are limited words that are available to this line of work that I do. Well, that's it, because, I mean, as much as I will do this talk show and keep doing it, there, there are no real answers until you probably pass on. No. But, but, but I would say that, um, um, I mean, may, maybe you're connecting with what I would call your higher self then, and you're using your higher self to, to, to connect with the, mm. with the spirit world, perhaps. Well, you, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't use that terminology, okay. but you can use that terminology. And that terminology, there will be lots of people that, that would like to feel that i i think that that um and i don't it, it, I, I don't really want to say connecting because i think that we we all of us I, I mean i'm not unique with my brain far from it you know i i'm i'm just um i just feel that by some quirk you could say this sort of little i call it the valve this little valve in, in my head um is open and I think that when each of us, everybody, even the biggest cynic, even the biggest skeptic, has had an incident in their life, even if they don't want to talk about it. Or, which, that's right. That, or if they want to ignore it as well. Yeah, exactly. Where they sort of go, oh, I don't know, that was a bit spooky. Or oh, what happened there? Or it's unexplainable. And that's when this little valve in their head is open. And it's allowing like a, a, a pulse, an electrical pulse, which is a, a form of energy. And um, me, I feel that how comes I do this every day and I have done most of my life? I think it's, it's open. Maybe that's abnormal. Maybe that it shouldn't be open all the time, but it is. Or, or, ma or maybe it was a gift you were, you were born with. Maybe yeah. it was what you came here to, to do. Oh, that's so nice of you, Kevin. It, 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 that's so nice. You know, I allow people, I couldn't, you know, for me to even sort of say, I would never say that myself, but it's such a nice thing to say. That's a huge compliment. That's, that's for that. Well, it just could be. I mean, I mean, we're, we've all got our own specific reasons for being here. Oh, definitely. And, and, and that that leads me on to my, my next question. But we're going to talk about the spirit world very quickly. But I mean, um, do you believe in things like past lives? Then do you think we come back again well, and again? Well, you see, um, when when I'm when I'm asked these, you'd, you'd think that because I'm a medium, I'm going to say yes, 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 yes to all these other, um, I don't know, spooky mystique mystery things but actually to past lives i do believe in when you hear about people that that sort of say that they've been here before and they've got these astounding stories i mean how can one not sort of listen and be in amazement but um i don't know i don't, I, I, I don't know much about past lives and so i, I don't really talk about it because I've, I've i've never sort of looked into it but sure um, I think that, um, why not? Why not? Because, you know, if I'm saying I'm talking to dead people, which I'm telling you that I am, really, this is what I'm saying, that's the bottom line, then why not? Why not? Well, I suppose you, uh, you, you, maybe you could term the phrase, they've just gone home. This uh, incarnation only lasts for so See, long. See, I don't think that down here is home. No. I think that where we go to... See, this is another thing. And as I get older and I... Um, you know, I do more and more of this work, and I, and there are bigger audiences in front of me. Which what I'm talking about is there are more people, which create huge energy, immense, incredible, immense energy. I'm seeing things happen on stage, and I'm feeling things, and I have an audience that witness it. That 
makes me believe that, you know, where we go when our body dies is what I would call home. Because we are here now and we are talking and this is all we know, of course we're going to say this is home, but I think there are far greater things that our soul can do when our body has died. So, I think that the, I think that really it's almost we are we're fetal here. It, it, it's almost as if we're in a fetal state. This is this is us. This is the beginning of our soul's journey down here. Okay. Um, would you not say though that we've sort of maybe come from? classed as home or heaven come down to this this incarnation to learn certain lessons well i won't know that until i go no and i've and i've not i've not totally had proof of that yet you know if i if i sort of if i was shown that and i and i and i had you know amazing examples of that then i would look at that again maybe i wouldn't come to that conclusion that you've just said but i would certainly look at that you know yeah so I mean, who, I mean, there are no right, right or wrong answers, are there? No, um, there aren't. And that's a very good, that's a very good point. But that's that's also, for me, that that at times can be quite irritating because because I want to look at my work so much and get you know definitive answers, which there aren't. That can be quite annoying to me because there is no right and wrong. You know, it's like when I when I'm giving messages on stage and you know I can give like these amazing amazingly accurate messages and i call them hits and i tell the audience that because the the work that i do is all about um unfortunately with the show really it, it it's about um well, i don't want to use the word proof i want to give it give it a, a much better term than that but but it, Val- it's validation. Validation. it's all about validation exactly that's the nature of the beast because that's what people are sitting there for so i have to have these hits but the, the times you could say it sort of falls a bit flat or it's a bit of a curveball, you might say. I've, I've thought about that, and, and it sounds so conceited, but I don't know if they are curveballs because I get so many people that come up to me. I do a signing most nights at most theatres. People can come and say hello, and I sign their tickets and things. And, um, you know, they'll say, oh, I didn't stand up, and that was for me. And they'll give, you know, I've forgotten what the messages are. So I, I, th- I think that why would I get you know these these messages that sort of seem to fall you know flat on the ground when everything else is so amazing so uh, there are many things that that we don't know we I don't understand I don't know what I do Kevin I really don't know all I know is that that the majority of people it makes them very very happy to get a message otherwise I wouldn't do this sure. I give people hope which I think is an incredible strength to be able to give someone i give them hope and i i it said to me nearly every day how much i change people's lives and you know if we had that said to us once in our life we'd never forget that and i have that said every night well that's right and also um i mean you you can't take people's pain away no but with what you do you can help them sort of understand that actually life does continue and it, and it's okay and the, the grieving process you're going through right now is a natural thing. And Oh, you know, gosh, the, yeah. The con- I mean, you know, you, 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 like I've said, and I'm sure you, you've heard me say, we lose a loved one and we have our heart ripped out. And we, we really do, you know. And I see, um, I literally see in my mind's eye and see the the receivers, the the, the the recipient of the message, I see them sitting in front of me, totally, totally, totally distraught. And um, you can, I can never change that. That's happened. But I think that, like you say, just knowing that the energy of that person is still alive, so much so still alive, that I'm able to access their memories and their thought process. And in a way, they're speaking to me. This is the thing, you see. For, for language again, for me to say I'm giving you a message, I have to say to you, I'm speaking to your loved one. But, but you know, it, what I'm really doing is you know, I'm accessing their... Well, it's their energy, isn't it? Their energy, yeah. this, this life force that, that is yeah. still around, really. You, you, you could actually call that life force the source if you wanted to. You, yeah, you, you, yeah, could, you refer, could refer you it could, to that. You could, you could. It's, it, the, the wonderful thing about being interviewed for me, as I, I said this to a journalist the other day, um, and being sort of all these questions thrown at me because who am I to say what is right and wrong and who am I to say that, that this is the right way or this is, this is the wrong way? But it makes me question my work and we can only ever 
get answers and come to conclusions if we question you know and you have to question the work that i do because we're talking about people's emotions here we're talking about people that are very vulnerable i always say to people if it don't go with your logic if it feels right what someone's telling you oh, yeah. go with your feelings if your feelings yeah. are the true the true facts yeah 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 but that's that's impossible because it is we should and some people do and i think that they're very lucky that they can do that but we're human beings and we are conditioned to want facts we are conditioned for scientific answers. We, we, we are human beings and human beings reason. That's, that's part of why we're unique as, as a species. And all of those um, emotions, they, they can make us very skeptical and they can make us think that this innate um, latent emotion, which is our psychic ability, is, is poo-hoo. It, it just doesn't exist. Because we are conditioned right from the, the first time our mother speaks to us about, um, you know, wanting fact and reason and don't be silly and listen to me and you're imagining it. You know, and that's right. We should do that because there are so many things out there that are rubbish. Well, but I think that if we could just listen to ourselves well, well, more, sure, which doesn't happen until we really become adult or until we can, we become articulate because it's only then that we suddenly think, wait a minute, that's really odd. Why did I get that feeling again, like I had before, 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 before? We don't do that as a child. This is where you get children, before they're tainted by us, we, we taint these little minds, um, that can see things, you know, when we say out of the mouths of babes, you know? Yeah, but I mean, maybe that's one of the lessons that we're here to learn. Maybe, maybe we're blanked of everything, what we do know, where we come from, perhaps, and uh, we're here to, to re, you know, relearn what life's all about. Yeah, like, but we are. Maybe we are, but it's... Um, <laughs> I don't think we ever get... We never get and maybe we're not meant to come to the conclusion. That's right, that's right. But look, well, I mean, as long, as long as we can have talk shows like this where we can, you know build a safe community together and sort of you know share ideas yeah. and, and what do they say it. they say it, it's the destiny it's the journey not the destination it, exa- exactly sometimes you 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 can't overthink what's you know what, what life's all about you've just got to get on and, and you've got to get do, on do and do thing. it and, yeah. and go with the flow and and also listen to yourself and i think that's where that's what it's all about yeah li- well again that's listening to your your feelings isn't it mm, definitely yeah, rather. But they're feelings, they're very deep feelings, they come from your soul. That's right, that's right, the, the, the highest, most, most uh, spiritual place for mm. you, that's right. So, what, in, in your work then, I mean, uh, from what you've, um, you know, your 30 years of, of work in, the, in this field, what's the spirit world, in your opinion, like? Well, first of all, it's, it's like a dimension. It, it's like, um, it, it, it's like... Because we say, don't we, we, whenever we talk about heaven, we, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you on the phone here and I'm lifting my hand up like to the sky. But, you know, we say heaven is up there because there's lots of space. But it's literally by the side of us. You know, it's next to us. It's all around us. Do you follow me? Yes, I do, definitely. And, you know, I use the term heaven because I love the word heaven. I don't know why. Maybe it's the H and the V. It's like something in it. It's just, it just flows so nice. And heaven is what we as individuals, our soul, would really like it to be. For instance, I love, um, I love the sea, I love the beach, I love the sun. I know that my soul, when I die, when my body dies, I think my soul, if anyone can contact me, they'll say she's on a beach somewhere sunny. <laughs> you know? and, and that you can guarantee my family would say, that, that's Sally. And I think that we can be wherever we want to be at any p- particular time. I think dates... Um, I know that it's only us on Earth plane that created the 24-hour clock and given ourselves dates and a timeline, but I think that they're very important to people in spirit as well. And that's when we can sense them. That's when they come back to us. It's almost like a magnetic pull. Loved ones on Earth plane have this, this connection with loved ones in spirit world. It's like a very fine line, energy line, and we're attracted to it. And at times of need, they can be there. They sense it. It's like an alarm bell ringing. Yeah, so basically what you're saying is when you pass on then, you, you just keep creating as you do down here. Yes, and I think that you're, I, I sort of think that we're nearer to divinity. I, you see, for me, I, I, I normally sort of draw this, this, there's one line which is underneath that is earth plane. 
then you do another line and in the middle is spirit world and then on the top is divinity which you know i I avoid talking about religion like we should do religion and politics never a good thing but um you know it's like i would say divinity is is where this divine energy is which we give the label of god yeah, and some people would swap that word God for the universe, or like I said before, yes, the word, absolutely, the word source, yeah. absolutely, and I and I think that that's how it should be because I do not in any way I'm not a preacher, okay, but I, I'm I've no also I'm not embarrassed by telling people that I have I, I believe in God, I believe in my God. Yeah, and do you think God is all within us? Do you think? Do you think? Oh God, gosh, yeah, yeah. I d- definitely. Well, it, it has to be because when I was a teenager. I I would have just, you know, if if, if I had, uh, you could have said, a a, a friend of of similar age that was talking about God and religion, I'd have run away from that and thought, oh, God, I can't be doing with that. (laughs) And yet, but but, so it's got to be within me because all of a sudden I realize it's there as I get become older and I have children. So it, it definitely, that's what I'm saying, our soul is really our spiritual well. Do you follow me? Yeah, yeah. And... It's never, ever dry. It's just occasionally it's not recognized by us. But it stands us in very good stead because when we die, it's able to go to heaven. Okay. And um, would you advise people that, you know, uh, from, from your work that you've done as well, that maybe life's about not knowingly hurting anyone and, and just doing the things that you, you, you'd love to do with your life, but regardless what it is? Well, of course, but we do hurt people, don't we? That's human beings. Human beings, we, and you know, and the more we get, the more we want. And, um, you know, as human beings, no one, I don't have a halo over me, no one has a halo over them. And, and I think that we all do things, all of us have done things that would, we, we are horrendously ashamed of. You know, okay, there, w- there might be levels of that with each person, but it doesn't matter, it's all relative. And, and I think that one of the hardest things as an individual is not to judge. But you see, human beings, our makeup, that is part of what we do. We judge people. No, it's, and, yeah. It, you know, it, it's, in, it's very, you know, whether that be um, aesthetically, you know, judge a book by its cover, or whether that be by what somebody does, or how they speak, or how they sound, or what they do for a living, or, you know, how much money they have, or how much money they don't have. We're judging it on every level all the time. Yeah. I mean, I do it. We do it. We do it when we're, we're not knowingly doing it. You know, I wouldn't knowingly want to hurt anyone. But, you know, we do. Because... We also, at the same time, can't please everyone. Do you follow me? No, that's right. So are you saying then that any, anything we've gone through in our lives, just treat it rather than as a mistake, treat it as an experience and learn from it? Well, I think that... Yeah, but I also think that, you know, if we do something that all of a sudden we think, oh, my goodness me, what have I done there? I think that we can repair things. You know, it's not about really forgiveness from others. It's about forgiveness from within ourselves. I think the thing I would say is if we can sleep at night, if we can live with ourselves, then I think that we're, we're getting there. Do you know what I mean? I think most people, most people are intelligent. Most people know right from wrong. I think that when they say all of a sudden they don't, it's because they don't want to admit that they've done wrong. Whether that be, you know, talking badly to somebody or whether that be a far greater act. It, when people say, oh, I didn't know right from right, it's like, oh, please, get a life. Of course you do. Yeah. You just don't yeah. want to admit it to yourself. Because if you admit it to yourself, then you've got to realise you've done something wrong. And you take ownership for him. Uh, absolutely. Absol- but you see, if by say, by, I do believe in that. We need to take ownership for our acts. But that's also very difficult if we've done something that is... Ar- you know, I, I see people that have committed murders. And, you know, it, it's, it's like, and, uh, oh, my God, how would you, how do you cope with that? But I think that the biggest thing you can do is admit if you've done it, to, even if it's to yourself, even if you can't straight away admit it to others. If you admit it to yourself, you're on the right road because you're already making amends. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, and because that... you will be very, very quietly and in your own way putting that right 
yes, you can never bring the person back you've killed, but you can begin to rebuild the rest of your life in a better way do you follow me well that's it and you've got to learn to forgive yourself you've got to learn to forgive your past as well yeah well sometimes i think it's not a bad thing at the beginning not to forgive yourself because i think we need reminding sometimes you know when i've said horrible things to people not within my work but you know because i'm a normal person as well sometimes i like to remember what i have said because it's like oh i won't say that again because look what how i felt do you follow me i do yeah. i don't think we've got to carry around you know bags and bags of guilt i'm not saying that but i'm also not saying oh yeah we can just totally forget it once we've realized what we've done i think there needs to be but then we are built in a way where you know human beings are amazing machines we are built in a way that don't worry our memory will, will let us rem will be reminded of that gently gently yeah or, or the spirit world will, will be sending some sort of information across well yeah. yeah but that's that's also that's where spirit world is amazing because that's our soul and our soul is um you know, it's all to do with our conscience, isn't it? So if, if someone sort of committed a um, some, uh, some uh, murder, for example, or, you know, whatever it may be, abusive behaviour maybe, um, do we, I mean, obviously, we, we, from what you've described, we all sort of check in at the same destination. Um, but are there different levels? Well, if you're saying to me, do I believe in hell? I don't believe in hell. I think hell is here on Earth plane. And I'm being very honest with you. I, and I think that this is what, because when I wrote my book, I had to come up with, well, where do, I mean, and they give, they always give the examples of like Hitler and, you know, like people that do these, you know, whatever, I don't really want to say the names, but we all know these dreadful, dreadful sure. acts. And I sort of call it like the freezer. I think that our, people like that, their soul just goes off and is locked away. So, that's the only way I can, you know, I don't have all the answers, you see. It's so, it's so kind of you to, to even want me to give you my opinion. I mean, what is my opinion? What's it worth? Absolutely nothing. But I think that, I don't believe that, that people that, that everyone that does a murder goes to a place called hell. I don't believe that. I don't believe in fire and damnation. Again, I've interviewed a lot of people on, on this subject, and uh, it, from, from, from what I gather, it just seems like it was a sort of uh, control mechanism for religion in one respect. Well, I think that we, you know, if, if, we, if you look at most religions, they were sort of described and really set out at a, in a time that was so different to what we know nowadays. So that's understandable as well. But I think that... that Going back to where do these bad people go that do really, really bad things, I think that their soul just isn't allowed to interact with other souls. And it's, they're sort of put, they've, they're put in this freezer and they're just sort of, you know, we'll have nothing to do with them. Yeah, maybe it's kind of like a self-reflection place where they have to reflect and uh, who knows? Well, what a good, do you know, Kevin, what a very good thing you've just said there. Maybe they are. Maybe they are, and, and maybe our own, uh, our own uh, uh, criticism uh, of, of our own actions, and to feel the pain of someone else, what, what, you, what, you, what maybe what you've done to them, and their, their own sort of emotional pain is uh, just as cruel as being burnt. <laughs> mm. Maybe who knows? Absolutely, I think you're right. I think you're right. We're getting sort of near the end of the half hour mark here. So, uh, with your TV work, where's your TV career taking you now? I know my television work. I mean, can you believe that? It's incredible. I can't believe that, you know, because because of my age and you know, it's like, do they want these old birds on telly? I don't think they do, but there you go. Yeah, my TV work. Where's it taking me? Well, it seems to be going from strength to strength. It's basically, the, 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 the programs are about me going around the country with my show, with, with sort of, um, you could say, a dollop of reality, and they seem to love the fact that, you know, my family supports me, and you can see my family, you know, on the show and everything. But it, it's going from strength to strength. It's amazing. So do you, you must have a, a, quite a number of tour, theatre tour dates right now. I do. I'm up and down the country about... 170 dates a year, 175, depending. Um, some of them, they want me back. I do in two days if they're smaller theatres. But it's very important that I get to meet all the people that, that cannot come to see me for one-to-one -one readings because we've got hundreds of thousands of... We've got 
an 18, 20-year waiting list if we sort of totted it up and we don't have that waiting sure. list, but if we wanted to, that's how long it would be. So the only way um, that I can really see these people that want to see me is to go out and, and do a show because, you know, you can get, on average, it's about, there are anywhere between 700 to 3,500 people in the audience, so you can work out your averages yeah. there, but... That's what I see uh, four nights a week. Incredible, incredible. We are helping so many people. So is, is there any new release of any books soon or DVDs? There are. We have, there are DVDs that, um, that come out in, about, uh, in the beginning of October. Um, I've got uh, a book coming out next March, and I've got, um, well, I've got two books coming out next year, one in March and one next October. I'm still writing the October book for next year. And I've got another book that comes out on my weight loss um, in October as well, this October. Right, okay, well that's soon going to come, so uh, we'll, we'll put a plug on our website for that, and we'll, we'll, Thank we'll, you we'll very put, much. put a link and stuff. Um, okay, well, um, and your website? My website, you can you can get hold of me, and you can register and get my newsletter on, it's all the W's, sallymorgan.tv. Well, Sally, look, it's been an absolute honour to have you on today. Um, I, I'm going to get you back in the future, most definitely. Oh, I'd love to speak to you again, and I do hope... It wasn't too heavy, and you know, with my my views on life. <laughs> no, it's been absolutely fantastic. Sally Morgan hypothesis. Oh my goodness <laughs> me! Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Kevin. To find out more on Sally Morgan, go to sallymorgan.tv or visit my site, themoreshow.co.uk and look up Sally Morgan under past guests. On there you'll find her tour dates as well. Uh, just to remind you some of the tour dates, we have uh, Cardiff, St. David's Centre, Thursday the 25th of November, Swansea Grand Theatre, Monday the 6th of December and the Royal Lincoln Theatre on Friday the 15th of October. Well, from myself and all my guests, until next time... Be safe.